Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, this is Judy Sedgman, and welcome to another edition of Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm here with my colleague and dear friend and wonderful, wonderful uh, practitioner of the three principles, Christine Heath. Hello. Aloha. And Chris is obviously in Hawaii. And and I'm in Pittsburgh, where spring is desperately trying to break through the cold. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, today we want to talk to you about something that just keeps looking increasingly important to us. And also, I think, answers a question that we get asked sometimes, which is, you know, like, why would you make a podcast called Psychology Has It Backwards? Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, I think the reason that we... uh, started the podcast was because we realized that there the world is in a low state of mind generally speaking you know we talk about the level of consciousness that people are in or the state of mind that people are in it's the same basic thing and and across the world there's a lot of discontent and a lot of upset and a lot of disagreement and there's war and there's upheavals and there's uh you know people arguing about things that uh that we all have to solve together, like climate change and, and you know, the, the change in energy needs and all of these things. And as we see that happening, not to mention the, you know, all of the crisis, mental health crises that people are experiencing around the world, we realize that there is a huge misunderstanding in cause and effect that it has kind of led us all down a path or led those of us who don't see the world from the inside out down the path of thinking that we're just the victims of circumstances and events. And when things start to go wrong, we just all go to hell together. And that's, you know, that's how it is. And, and the difference between what we have to explain and share with people and what most people tend to take for granted, just because it's a prevailing view in the world right now is that, if you see the world coming at you and creating your problems and creating all of your unhappiness and creating your dissatisfaction and other people's opinions upsetting you and uh, world events keeping you up nights and all of that kind of thing, essentially you're living your life as a victim of circumstances because what you've really done is given away your power as a human being to the power of events that are out of your control. And if you start to see the three principles at work in life, you realize that we have no control over events in the world except that we create them. And we create them one, one at a time. So in other words, all right, if there's a, uh, if there's a bad weather event, uh, we have no control if there's a tornado, but we create our experience of that tornado. So if I if there's a tornado, like it was interesting a few weeks ago, of all things, the city of Pittsburgh was under tornado warning, which is kind of when you live in a big city, you think, well, how would that work out? You know, <laughs> like where would it go? And um, so I thought to myself, well, I used to live in Florida and we had tornado warnings all the time and they almost always went out to the flat open areas 
way east of where all the development was. And so, uh, you know, I was thinking weather is smart enough to seek a place where it can occur, you know, <laughs> and, um, and so I, I just thought to myself, well, I don't know. I don't know that much about tornadoes specifically, but I, I'm not going to worry about it. And I just put it out of my mind. And the night passed and there weren't any tornadoes. And I got up the next morning and I happened to run into somebody in the uh, Starbucks, actually. <laughs> and uh, this woman was telling the barista oh, God, I didn't sleep all night. I was so afraid that there was going to be a tornado and all I could think about is it would break all my windows and come through my bedroom and tear the building apart and it would be just so awful. And she said, I kept listening for that train sound. And now the fact is we had a warning. Something could have happened. She couldn't control whether it happened or not, but she could control whether she decided to spend a lot of time thinking about it. And this is what people don't realize is that we decide how to use our thinking and how our thinking is going to affect our experience. And when we start to realize that our thinking is taking us into a, an upset state of mind, we have the power to say, wait a minute, I got to, I got to quiet down. I've got to slow down. And that's the thing that people don't know because we all have been sort of brought up in a world in which the prevailing assumption is circumstances create our experience and circumstances create our feelings and circumstances create our happiness and unhappiness. And uh, we're, we have to put up with the circumstances we get. We don't have any choice. So uh, I think if there's ever been a time that people really could benefit from quietly reflecting and asking themselves, what's my role? Is my role in life, am I born to be a victim? Or am I born to create my own experience of life? And if I'm born to create my own experience of life, why would I want to suffer? And what's the point of, of bringing all these things to mind that, that create havoc in our own experience if we don't have to? You know, Judy, as you're talking, I'm thinking that really what happens is that we live at such, the world is at such a level of insecurity, you know, and the more we look at what's happening around us with the climate and certainly now the, the um, uh, war in Ukraine and the things that are the possibilities that you know, are thrown out there of further damage to the ecology by using radiation or um, chemical bombs, things like that, that this is really caused because people don't understand how thought works. So as a result of that, living at that level of, of, of consciousness, what appears to be a good idea to some people would be to be in control of things so that you're not afraid that somebody else is going to control you. Right. And so it, it's like, then you build up these, we, we built up these, you know, arsenals and um, all of the military things that we do because we're afraid of each other. We're afraid that somebody's going to like take over somebody else. Like when you think about that, like, it's really a low-level consciousness idea in and of itself right. that someone would think that they could like take over other human beings. And 
somehow claim that land. But it's it, it's an age old uh, problem that's happened as long as humans have been right. staking out their own personal thinking about their land, right, right or their country or their beliefs. So what happens is, is that we live in fear and then uh, we act out of fear by either like, you know, rising to the occasion and getting tough and mighty and taking charge of things, or we live in fear and we're like, oh my God, we're afraid all the time and anxious because you don't know what the people that are coming across in terms of, you know, trying to be tough are going to do. Yeah. You know, it's like being a kid at school and having a bully, yeah. you know, it's like you never know what they're going to do next because that that level of insecurity in the bully tells them to be aggressive with people mm-hmm. and that level of insecurity in an, uh, a person that's has a victim thinking feels like people can 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 hurt them can control them right so understanding that life is created through thought it would be a huge benefit to everybody right and what would happen as a result of that is that instead of people thinking that my idea is right, it would be like, okay, let's really get together and come up with a better idea than any of us have. Mm-hmm. Like let's move beyond what we know and come up with a way for all people to be safe and secure and live uh, a, a good life, mm-hmm. something that will sustain us all. But instead we get into me, at, you know, Sue Sikora used to call it, she said, I have the maybes, you know, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. And and we're all, when we get insecure, we get really caught up in in me and what I want and what I'm afraid of. And, mm-hmm. and all of that just like pits people against each other because we don't realize it's just thought. Right. It's not the truth. And everyone, everyone, including the most aggressive leader on the planet has innate health. Mm -hmm. Every single person does. And every single person, when they're not acting from that place, does things that are hurtful to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the the nature of our insecurity is we get so caught up in ourselves, We don't see how to work in, in cooperation with other people. So I think that, I mean, one of the things that would definitely help is if people understood that it's just thought, then it's like, why would you kill somebody? Because you have a different thought. But as we know, people kill each other all the time because they think differently. Right. Now, think about that for a minute. It's like, really, thoughts aren't even real. They don't have a form. They're not like sent to us from God. They're like, it just, you're just having a thought. And if your thought is different from somebody else, then you don't like that person, right? Or you hate them. You know, like there's such strong emotion that happens behind our thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we all, we all can be affected by that. But if we could see through that, if we could see that peace, love, and joy is the way that we're designed, and that's the whole game here that we're playing is find it. Yes. Find it. You know, like right. I just did my um, scent training with my dogs, and that's the command, right, for them to search to find the, the uh, we call it a high, the scent. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, search, find it. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking to find a way to come together and to, to connect with each other and to make this world a better place, we can do it. But we have to get our egos out of the way and our insecurity out of the way. Yeah, and, and you know, I was 
yeah, it just reminded me that essentially that goes back to the idea of state of mind because at when people are insecure, they get into survival. It's all about just keeping myself safe. And you think about it, well, that's normal. You know, if I'm insecure and afraid, I want to keep myself safe. But if I can recognize insecurity and feeling unsafe as my thoughts, not the world, even if the world is, you know, in upheaval, my level of security is dependent on my ability to handle what I'm confronted with in life. And the more calm and, and quiet I am inside, the more likely I am to see how to do that. And uh, the more upset and agitated I get, the more likely I am not to see how to do that, just to get to contribute to the problem. So there's that. But the other piece of it is that um, we don't recognize insecurity as a problem having to do with thought. I know when I have uh, seen clients that have had a lot of traditional treatment and you know, clinics and psycholo- traditional psychological treatment, um, they'll say things like, well, you know, but you have to understand my life, you know, because I had this happen and then I had that happen and this other thing happened. And, you know, when those things happen to you, you're really scarred and, uh, you know, I was kind of beaten up by life and I, and I, you know, I'm just not like other people. And the thing is, we, we're all the same deep down. We're just living in our thinking and our thinking looks real to us. But if I think that my thinking is, is cumulative, so because I had a, you know, a negative experience at a certain point in time and then I thought about it and then after I thought about it, I got worried about having it again or whatever. If I look at my life as a series of events that caused me to think a certain way, I can't change my mind about it. It gets reinforced in my mind that this terrible problem has scarred me somehow or injured me somehow, and that I'm, I'm not like other people. And, and the truth is that I always say to clients, you know, if you've survived, uh, you're free to think again. You know, whatever happened to you didn't end your life, then your life belongs to you. It doesn't belong to that event. And the same thing is true across the world. It would be very easy. You know, things can happen in one thought. And I think, you know, we've seen some evidence of that just in the terms of the fact that right now in our history, uh, a lot of democracies have come together who looked a few years ago like they were going to fragment and not be friends anymore. Uh, and that and really was a change of heart. The world has is no, is a little bit, more dangerous, but no less uh, chaotic than it was a few years ago. But what happened is people just suddenly got into a different state of mind and began looking for ways to solve a common problem rather than to go off in 50 different directions, looking at everybody's problems as being somewhat different. They started to see our problem is that we haven't, you know, we, we, we need to be in service to people that are suffering and we need to uh, bring peace to the world. And, you know, as soon as people start thinking about love and understanding and peace and, and kindness and compassion, that comes from a whole different state of mind. You can feel it. You can feel the, 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 the common sense and the warmth and the, and the humanity of it. And then when we get insecure, we start thinking about, yeah, but I need my piece of the pie. You know, I want, my, my, I want it my way. I don't like their way. 
and then we start looking for differences. And that, you know, I think that if we, uh, when little children learn that, when they really learn it early in life, they become different adult, adults than people that don't learn it. And that's really why there's hope in, in understanding the principles. The principles explain something true about the way people work, the way everybody works, so that when somebody is insecure and acting out, instead of getting angry and upset with them and thinking, well, I better shoot him or whatever, you can understand where it's coming from and look for an answer. And, um I, I just feel like there's a huge need in the world for everybody to just quiet down and, and realize that, you know, we're just little tiny creatures sharing this planet. And the whole scheme of the universe, it's not that big a deal. And there's no problem that's, that's so important that people should lose their lives over it or that people shouldn't be able to find common ground and coexist within it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, the other thing that, I was thinking about as you were talking was that the the way that consciousness works, it's like you think a thought and then consciousness is like the special effects guy. So it brings that thought to life. And when people don't understand that that's all that's going on, then their thought looks very real and it seems like it's accurate. So if people would recognize that, you know, going out and trying to, take something from somebody else, you know, or um, uh, kill somebody or hurt somebody, that that was okay, that that wasn't just a thought, you know, like it was that they see it as somehow something they have to do, right? And that's just because of consciousness. Consciousness makes that thought seem like it's, like it's, like it's not you thinking it. It seems like it's coming from this higher order of thought or from God or from some, some higher intelligence, right? That we have these thoughts in our head and we're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And so people do these really bizarre things. Like right now I'm doing this um, anger management group, um, domestic violence group. And um, the, the guys in there are, they're all very outside in. So it's like everybody else is, is to blame for, what's happened to them. Mm-hmm. So w- one of the guys, bless his heart, um, was talking and he, his father had committed suicide when he was like five, but he didn't know his father. He never met him. He wasn't around when this happened. And, um, but he's been angry his whole life at his father. <laughs> and it's really, it, it's like a great example. I mean, he's lived in hell because he's so angry that his father abandoned him. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, he made up that, you know, he wouldn't have gotten in trouble as a kid. He wouldn't have had this history of trouble that if his dad had had not been selfish and done that, that he would have been, had a good life. And he was so funny because I, we were talking to him about how this is just fun. He goes, I'm telling you, if I met him today, I'd kill him. I'm so I hate him so badly. <laughs> and I was like. I said, well, now that's really a powerful thought, isn't it? But it is just a thought. Mm-hmm. It's just a thought. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, you don't really know, do you, if you met him today, mm-hmm. how you'd feel. I said, my guess is you'd feel very differently. Mm-hmm. But that thought tells you that you should be mad, that you should, be, that you should hate him. And, I mean, that's what people do about other races, about other religions, about other forms of 
uh, government, you know, like people hate democracies because I don't know why, but um, they, they, they think it's bad. They should, you know, have one person because mm-hmm. regular people can't, don't have good judgment and they can't really run the country. And well, everybody has different ideas. I mean, I think that, you know, um, governments that are autocracies are not really very healthy for people. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Now, you know, maybe there'd be a way to do that. That would be wonderful. I don't know. But th- the thing is, is that we, we have to let go of the past mm-hmm. in order to, to see something different. And we have to see that whatever thinking we have from the past might not be that healthy mm-hmm. and it might not be accurate. Mm-hmm. Just a thought, mm-hmm. you know, and, and our thinking, you got to question that, you know, you have to question if the, what you're thinking is really true and real, mm-hmm. or if you're just, if your little pea brain just made it up and then consciousness brought it to life and it looked like it was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, the virtual reality that we all create is going to be different. Everybody's is going to be different. And if everybody could see that if their reality in there that they were creating got really negative, mm-hmm. that that meant there was something wrong with them, mm-hmm. not something wrong with somebody else in the world. Yeah. That would be a huge change. And it would make a big difference. So the reason why we think that psychology has it backwards is we feel it's very powerfully important right now for people to question assumptions that we've made for a long time about people and about ourselves and what, you know, change and about how things change. And, and I think that we've, you know, we've kind of created a, a, out of insecurity, we've created a world in which this kind of like dog eat dog, you know, everybody's trying to get their little piece and keep safe within it. And, and the fact is that, that as human beings, if we don't come together in a way that allows us to care what happens to all of us, um, then it, we can't solve the problems of the world because they're global problems, <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things that, uh, would make that much easier is if we saw the humanity in everybody instead of seeing the externals, the circumstances, their skin color, their occupation, their level of economic well-being, their political issues. If we looked at every human being and looked into their eyes and saw that just like me, they're a soul inhabiting a body and they're creating thoughts and those thoughts start looking real to them and their state of mind varies and the quality of their thinking changes with every change in their state of mind. And when people are upset, instead of getting equally upset and saying, okay, you get, you get out your big weapon, I've got a bigger one. And then, well, then you go, oh, you had a bigger one. Well, I can make a bigger one than that. Instead of getting into that kind of thing, we get into, you know what, let's try to calm down. <laughs> Let's try to understand each other better. Let's listen. Let's get quiet. We're kind of getting, our state of mind is dropping. We don't, we don't do that enough. And one thing I've learned through all these years that I've been involved in the principles is that when things start to go south, you don't treat the problem. You treat the state of mind that created the problem. And that's really why psychology has it backwards, because it's focused on problem solving with no realization that Problems look different as people's consciousness changes and as their understanding of where these problems are coming from changes. Well, I think we've done it. Yep. (laughs) 
Yeah. So we hope you'll keep listening to these podcasts and share them with people around the world. And, uh, you yes. know, we're doing our humble best. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see you again soon. Aloha. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.